Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Soul Evolution Center show on Blog Talk Radio and also on the Soul Evolution Center YouTube channel. Uh, I have this show that I have on most Fridays and I talk about various metaphysical and spiritual topics. My name is Katie Simone. I am an advanced channeler of light beings, which means that I can receive telepathic communications from beings that don't exist on in the earthly dimension. And I share their messages uh, to help humanity. I share them on my YouTube and also on my Soul Evolution Center Facebook page. I'm also founder of Soul Evolution Center in Florida. And its mission is to help you evolve into your best life. Uh, I do. Uh, I would highly advise you to follow this show. I have a lot of uh, interesting information that I present from a unique perspective, from a channeler's perspective. And uh, some of my earlier shows have great uh, specific information on developing your intuition, your divine destiny. Uh, also, I also share free meditations on, on a Soul Evolution Center show. Um, you can download these prior episodes free 24-7 on Blog Talk Radio. Um, They're also available as iTunes podcasts. So these are great resources if you want to learn and expand your consciousness. The last few episodes of of the Soul Evolution Center show, I've been sharing some of my out-of-body experiences. I've been called to duty, and I sense that this is important for me to disseminate this information uh, of my out-of-body experiences to help others navigate their own. Uh, let me just explain explain to you what an out-of-body is. We are multidimensional beings as human beings, which means we exist on many different levels of consciousness. We have our conscious level, our subconscious level, our unconscious level. I've simplified it here for purposes of the show. But know that there are aspects of ourselves that um, are not readily available to us consciously. We have parallel lives, concurrent lives. And these are going on at exactly at the same time as we exist on the human plane. And I have experienced some of these lives in my out-of-body experiences. Out-of-bodies occur during an altered state of consciousness when you're very relaxed. For me, most of my out-of-bodies have been during my sleep state, usually in the early morning between 6 and 9 a.m. And that's when my body is naturally relaxed and my consciousness can uh, exit freely without having the encumbrance of my ego, its fears, its anxieties, its uh, worries. Uh, it's very important to be relaxed to have an out-of-body. Many of us have out-of-bodies naturally during our sleep state at nighttime. It's just that we are not lucid enough to recall. We do not remember the details of our out-of-bodies. We may uh, recall snippets and then refer to them as dreams. I really feel that your dream state is so much more than uh, than that. It is not just a dream. I believe we experience our multidimensionality during our dream state, or uh, I just uh, refer to it as out of bodies. 
We go to other dimensional planes of reality where there's other types of human beings that we interact with. Many times our own family members uh, are there as well. And then the out-of-body that I'm going to share uh, during this episode occurred on November 27, 2015. And it was an extraordinary out-of-body. And so I do like to share it um, so that you can develop an understanding of what, what may happen during your so-called dream state. So I hope I've explained clearly what multidimensionality is and how it occurs. Many times people do not remember or are not lucid um, because they're not at a level of, of consciousness to be lucid during their out-of-bodies. Many times I have channeled messages from beings, light beings, that exist in other uh, dimensional frequencies that you have to be at a certain vibration. Your body has to be uh, uh, vibrating at a certain frequency to allow access um, and to allow lucidity uh, for you to recall your out-of-bodies. I had a spiritual awakening in 2009. It was an extraordinary spiritual awakening. I share some of it on my website, soulevolutioncenter.com. So please refer to that. But during that time in 2009, that's when I developed the ability to experience lucid out-of-bodies. And when I when I mean what I mean by lucid is that you are able to uh, recall your experiences you have memory you have memory and you will know when you become lucid during a, a dream or out of body because the details are so much more vivid um, and they're quite extraordinary uh, let me share what happened during this out of body because it is a, a little bit detailed but I want to share this one because it was unique because there was multiple out of body sequences and I believe there were six or seven, I'll recount them during this episode. And these happened sequentially and consecutively, one after another. Um, before going to bed the evening before, just so you know, uh, I'd like to set the scenario up. Uh, I was hearing telepathically in bed before I went to bed, your fantasies, your fantasies. And again, I hear uh, much information. I receive information telepathically in my head, in my own thought voice. And I develop the skill, the psychic sense, which is known as clear audience, which is a form of tel uh, telepathy, during my spiritual awakening in 2009. Uh, I also teach courses about developing your psychic senses. Um, and so I'm very familiar with these, with these terms and hope to educate you as well. And so before bed, uh, before the evening of this, uh, this extraordinary out-of-body, I was hearing your fantasies, your fantasies. And I've heard that before. And I've heard telepathically in my mind, in my own thought voice, that it is my spirit that determines the locations and destinations of where I go in my out-of-body state. And let me just share with you that... Many times these out-of-body dimensional freak, uh, realities are just like Earth. There's cities, there's streets, there's buildings, interior buildings, there's human beings. But sometimes there's some extraordinary uh, observances. You may see unusual pets, unusual toys, unusual technology. And I share this uh, out-of-body sequence because I did experience unusual technology. Um, so I'd like to highlight that for your intention, how you can go to another dimensional frequency and uh, see new technology that we don't have on the Earth. And this out-of-body, it was actually a weapon and also uh, spacecraft as well. 
So I went to bed and I was hearing uh, the word telepathically, your fantasies. And so my spirit determines uh, my locations. Your spirit is another level of your consciousness, consciousness, and it may not be readily available to you on a conscious level. There's a mechanism called the veil. Um, it's a, that is a label used in spiritual and metaphysical fields. The veil is an obstruction or a barrier um, that we are all born with, and upon birth, uh, it causes a memory loss, let us say, of all our past lives and concurrent lives and parallel lives. And this is done for our own protection. It acts as a, a structure to protect us uh, and to protect our nervous systems. Because if we had access to all our past and parallel lives, it could, it could be quite overwhelming for some. And our nervous system at its current biological level is not able to process this type of information. And that was directly channeled. Sometimes as I do my shows, um, I do receive telepathic information at the same time. And so I will let you know when I hear supplementary channel information. And because I'm aware, I can differentiate between what are my own thoughts and what, um, what, I'm be what is being transmitted to me telepathically by those beings of light and love um, that, that guide me. And you as well have uh, spirit guides uh, that are guiding you every day, helping you on your life path. That's a whole nother topic, uh, another show. Uh, I just want to briefly and cursory, uh, cursorily touch upon that. Uh, it's because it helps to set up this out of body as well. So before bed, I heard fantasies, fantasies. And so uh, let me explain what happened. It was in the early morning, and um, this, this out of body sequence ended at 7.09 a.m., and I know that because I looked at the digital clock uh, on my dresser in my bedroom. This auto body occurred at, in my bedroom in South Florida. And it occurred, um, I became lucid uh, in my sleep state, which means I started having recognition and uh, memories. And I was in an unknown room with my husband uh, in real life. And... Um, he, he was talking to me. Then all of a sudden, I felt myself uh, falling uh, down in this room. It felt like the, the small room that I was in was, was a, an actual elevator, and I, I hit the push button for the down, and I was going downward. And my husband was not with me. And as, as I was traveling downward in this small room, uh, I, had, I had the thought, I can't believe I just changed dimensions when my, was, when my husband was just talking to me, that it happened in a split second. And so you see how aware I was that I had this observation. And then what I've been doing uh, since I've been having out of body since my awakening in 2009 is becoming more aware and perceptive of my, of my landscape, of my environment, so that I could share, share them with my, uh, uh, with my readers and with my participants. Uh, with my listeners so that they can learn. So I did intentionally, I viewed the space that I was in and it was in about an eight by eight size room and it had some granite, it had some tan granite covered walls, maybe on three sides uh, of the room. In addition, uh, the, the walls were also covered with another uh, natural material. It looked like a shimmery, iridescent uh, gray rock material. And as I looked at this, uh, this iridescent material seemed to sparkle and shine. So I was noting the unusual uh, physical appearance of this room that I was in 
that was actually traveling down. And then all of a sudden, the, this, uh, this, uh, this room stopped traveling. And during when it was traveling downward, I was getting concerned. I thought I was going to go to a lower dimensional realm because usually uh, the lower dimensional realm are located in basements and um, things down deep. You know, the celestial realm, the, the realm of divine beings and angels, you kind of think of it more symbolically as happening up upwards, up in the sky, up in the uh, atmosphere, but the lower realms are actually down. Um, and so I had that concern when I was moving very quickly downward in this, in this small um, room. And all of a sudden, the, uh, this elevator, this room elevator that I was in just stopped. And I started walking down a small, narrow hallway. And to my left were iron gates. You could say they were iron gates uh, like you would see that guard a cemetery or like a haunted cemetery. They were very imposing looking, um, and and they had um, they looked very secure. But as I walked by the gate, it opened, and I was quite surprised. And I realized that I had access to this dimension. And this is how it's shown to me symbolically um, through portals, through doorways, through gates. And so I uh, and then to my surprise, after the first iron gate opened. And I was surprised. I actually it didn't open. Actually, actually, I just kind of went through it. So I went right through it, and I was I, I was allowed access. And then, to my surprise, there was a second gate, very similar in structure to the first gate, uh, just two or three feet behind the first gate. And I said to myself, in the moment of this out of body, wow, this dimensional realm is heavily guarded because there are two iron gates located uh, uh, next to each other. And um, I almost couldn't go through the second iron gate. I felt a little pushback. And that happens sometimes. Um, and I, um, that's symbolic. That means you may not have access to get into that dimensional realm. Uh, many of these dimensional realms are gated and, and permissions of are, are needed. And by what I mean by permissions is your vibrational level. Sometimes you cannot access all the dimensional realms. <clears throat> and so this, I, I appeared to experience a pushback. And <clears throat> I had, for a moment, I thought during that body, I was not going to be allowed, I'm not, I was not going to have access. But then all of a sudden, the gate, the second iron gate opened slowly in slow motion. It was almost like a movie. <clears throat> And I and I peered into the space uh, that the iron gate was was lock, was locking up. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and it was totally black. I couldn't see a glimmer of light. It was like I was looking into a a dark black tunnel. And I made a decision then not to enter that tunnel. Uh, just psychologically, um, I took I. Uh, I became reasonable or prudent and made the decision not to enter an area that is totally pitch black for my own safety and security. It's a defensive mechanism. Um, you can say I used good judgment. And so I did not enter that black tunnel, even though everything about the scene was about making, about entering that tunnel. And I said out loud, I'm not going to go there. And the reason why I said that out loud is because I know that I have many guides 
and escorts that travel with me during these out-of-bodies. Sometimes I see them, sometimes I feel them, uh, sometimes I sense them, and I know that they're there even as observers and not necessarily as participants. They may not present themselves. So I was letting them know, those beings behind the scene, that I was not um, I was making the decision not to enter that black tunnel. And I repeated that twice so that it was clear. And so then I wondered what might the next step was going to be. It is always such a mystery when you're maneuvering in your altered state of consciousness. Everything's always a surprise. You never know what the next moment is going to bring you. And I share this with you because it's a new way of living, a new way of experiencing. Welcome to out-of-body experiences. You have to be flexible and adaptable. Uh, those are important traits to possess. And I'm, I'm hearing now telepathically fortitude. You have to have fortitude and resilience. And so I walked down this little hallway, and there's a door, an open door to my left. And I peer inside. It's a room about maybe 12 by 12, and it seems to have big uh, machinery or equipment in it, uh, almost like... A computer room that stores its drives or whatever like that that type of room but it wasn't a computer room it had other type of uh, similar type equipment and there was no one in that room but I could hear voices and for uh, a, a moment I, I said to myself maybe I should hide behind this wall uh, I, I always take great care during these out-of-bodies because sometimes I'm not sure whether I'm going to be received by the people in this out of in this realm this out-of-body that they may be scared of me they may chase me away and that has happened so I never know what the feeling is going to be from these uh, human beings that are residing in this dimensional frequency so I had the moment for a split second that I should hide behind the walls so no one can see me because I was hearing voices but then I decided to step out. So I stepped out to the hallway, and there was another room to my right-hand side, and the door was open. I look in, and again, there seems to be machinery or equipment in there, large, uh, dark, uh, like, boxes of equipment. What I mean is they were these machines were maybe four feet high and four feet long, big pieces of equipment. But this time there were about maybe four or five women in there, uh, white women and black women, and they seemed to be moving about like they were working. And I had the feeling that they were not assembly line workers, or, but maybe uh, some type of worker uh, on that level. And then there was another room um, a little further down, again, the same size, maybe 12 by 12, but again, with the big equipment. And there was women milling about, seeming to go from one part of the room to the other, doing their tasks and functions. And also in this room, I noticed that there were, there were um, that some of the women were holding their babies uh, that were a few months old. And so I had the feeling that this, this dimensional frequency where this was a workplace, that this, this workplace was very progressive. They let these working mothers bring, some of them bring their children in, their babies in. And so I actually uh, was in the hallway, you know, viewing these rooms and noting these rooms so I can chronicle them and share them with you. Um, so that you know what a, an alternate dimensional reality, one alternate dimensional reality may be like, uh, in case you experience it yourself or something similar. And so a woman uh, was approaching me, and I, I just decided to play it cool. 
like I shared earlier, I sometimes I don't know what the proper behavior is. Uh, so I, I'm just winging it. And so I just say, what's up? Something like that to show how cool and hip I am. And the woman says, you know, something like, hello. And she's receptive. And I'm, and I really look at her because I want to see if she's, if she's nervous, if she senses that I'm a foreigner, that I'm a visitor, that I'm a stranger to this realm. So I do this thing where I'm very aware of their reactions. And she didn't present that to me. So she looked comfortable with seeing me there, even though I felt like I was a stranger and did not belong there. And then uh, I moved past the small hallway with the three rooms with the workers working in there to a, a larger area. This, the hallway opens up to a larger space, a very large hallway, on uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 feet across. And there were about uh, 15 women in there. And again, they're workers. And when I say workers, I could tell they're dressed casually, like in jeans or like canvas type pants, because they can't wear nice a parallel to work because of the type of work they do. It's more uh, like labor intensive. So they dress casual in jeans and casual collared shirts. And uh, they appear to be looking up, uh, up into the ceiling and there's a TV screen. And the, these women are gathered around the TV screen looking up, watching this show. And it was a show about a man and his horse. I want to say it was very similar to that show uh, back, I believe, in the 1970s in America called Mr. Ed, uh, where there was a talking horse. It was some kind of comedic show with a horse and a man. And it was keeping these, these employees uh, entertained. And um, again, I noticed that, again, with me uh, were black women and white women, and some of them were holding their babies. <clears throat> and then the scene um, suddenly changed. And before I go into the next sudden scene change, I just want to reflect on what I experienced here. I feel like what was the purpose of me going to this dimensional realm? What is it, what is it that I have to learn to share with others? Um, and I always try to do a takeaway like that for my own growth and development and to, and to help you as well if you are about to experience uh, such uh, out of bodies. And so I feel like the purpose of why my spirit wanted to visit this realm was to show me that there are in other dimensional frequencies, there are working women um, and there are uh, working mothers and, and sometimes they're allowed to bring their um, their children and that there is uh, ethnic or you can say different colored people. There's white women and black women working together like just like on the earthly plane. Um, we see that in our work environments. So I guess it was just acknowledgement. I don't want to say I guess. I sense it was just a showing me that it's very similar to Earth at times, some of these other dimensional frequencies. And so that was my takeaway, and that is what I share with you, that it's very much, uh, there's a saying in metaphysical, on the metaphysical world, as above, so below. Uh, but I like to reverse it, too, and say, uh, as below, so above. So there is some con. The word I'm hearing now telepathically is continuity. Um, just so, uh, you know, you could almost uh, feel like you're in the earthly plane, but I know that I'm in, uh, I'm not a body traveler in this other dimension. So now uh, what, what ends up happening is uh, the, the scenes change very quickly in out of body, and that's an important fact to know that things can just change suddenly. So that's why I reiterate the importance of being flexible and adaptable. 
So there was another immediate out-of-body sequence that uh, tagged up right onto this one. Oh, so the next thing I know, uh, I am in a cityscape. This is how quick the transition is. I don't go through a portal or a tunnel to get to this other dimension. I'm just ejected into this other dimension. And the term ejected is a term I have heard telepathically to use uh, to refer to that action of me landing in another dimensional reality. So I'm ejected into another dimensional reality. And I'm viewing a city, an urban city, you know, skyscrapers, normal could be uh, any, any city in America, uh, you know, multi multiple story buildings. Uh, and, and so I'm ejected into this cityscape. And the first thing I view besides the surrounding area is about perhaps 100 yards away, there's a young man with dark hair. Uh, dressed casually, and he's holding an assault weapon, and it's poised. He's actually firing. So immediately, I see that this uh, young man is attacking and using his weapon in this city. But what surprised me was when he fired his weapon, it wasn't like a normal assault weapon. Uh, the bullets were not normal bullets. Instead, there, when he uh, pushed the trigger, about six, like six to eight projectiles came out of the um, the the weapon. They were they looked like golden eggs. They were the size of eggs. They were the shape of eggs. And so this is how this assault weapon worked, and uh, the type of bull bullet tree it had. And I was surprised to see that because uh, it was unusual. And so again, as I shared in the beginning of the show, sometimes you see different technology, uh, different weaponry and, um, in these out-of-bodies. And so this was unique to this out-of-body. I am not happy that I saw this type of weapon, but I'm sharing it nevertheless because I am an explorer and I like to, uh, to document these experiences. And next, uh, I realized uh, next to me was a young lady with dark hair, a slender build, perhaps in her 20s, with fair skin. Um, shortish hair. I, I realized she was next to me, and I realized she was my my guide or my escort. Like she was there, just next to me. And and the, when I saw this young man shooting his weapon, I immediately um. Well, what, and then what happened was this young man became closer to me and my uh, my escort, and we took a, a crouching position, a defensive position on the side of the street uh, behind an embankment. And this man, this young man now had moved closer. He's probably only 20 or 30 feet. And now he was firing this unique weapon at me and my escort, who was right next to me. And uh, I, I remember distinctly, and this is such a vivid memory, that I was there now, and I was somehow got into the middle of the street, and there was about six to eight egg-shaped, golden-colored egg-shaped projectiles coming at me, um, and, uh, you know, some of them were to my left, some of them to my right, a few of them were in a little more in front of the other, and I did this thing where I had to dodge them. I had to move my body in such a way to dodge these projectiles, and the young woman that I was with was doing the same thing. So we were being fired upon, and I don't, I don't really recall that I was hit. Um, 
And so uh, after these initial round of projectiles came at us, we, uh, this escort and I, again, crouched behind the embankment on the side of the street. And uh, then uh, I saw some kind of bomb, a projectile, land in the middle of the street. It was brick red orange color, and it was in the shape of a jack. You know that a game you may have played, we play that here in America, uh, jacks, a ball and jacks, um, where you bounce the ball and you try to grab the jacks. Well, this, uh, this bomb was in the shape of a jack. It was about the size of my hand, a little bigger, and again, reddish, orangey, brown color. Landed right in the middle of the street, uh, a few feet away from us, and my escort, my female escort says to me, you need to get that and like throw it. And I, and I said to her, I, but I don't know how. And I remember in that moment, I was afraid. I was afraid that I was blowing my cover, that perhaps maybe in this dimensional reality, I was some sort of soldier or a part of an elite team or unit and that I should know how to uh, go and uh, get this um, bomb and throw it so it will explode further out in the distance. You can say this bomb is similar to like one of those grenade bombs that you see from World War II uh, in the shape of a lemon or avocado and you have to take off the top and then throw it and explodes. But again, the shape was different than that. And when I, when I confessed to her, I said, I don't know how to do that. My escort immediately, uh, she, looked, she looked at me. She didn't seem to be upset and not surprised that I didn't know what I was doing, because I didn't. Um, she just immediately ran out to the street, took that um, jack-shaped bomb, and threw, threw it a distance away. <clears throat> so that was my second out-of-body uh, experience. Um, and... What I what, what my takeaway what from was from this experience was that just like on Earth there are uh, there is city uh, urban warfare there is uh, there is violence going on with uh, segments of the population um, fighting uh, other parts of the population and using uh, strategic um, arms etc. So that is, go that is going to be my takeaway that I share with you as to why I had that experience, um, that there are these things that go on in other dimensional realities, the city warfare, warfare and the violence. Uh, so the earthly plane is not the only plane uh, where such things happen. Uh, so then, um, then, then, um, the, the, the scene changes. And let me just pause for a moment and think about what, how, the, how it transitioned um, from experiencing urban warfare uh, to the next scene. I I'm just going to say, because um, sometimes you lose lucidity during these out-of-bodies to recall these details, that the scene just changed suddenly. And now I felt like I was traveling in outer space, okay? I was just in outer space. Uh, and I was moving, I was accelerating. And in front of me, uh, perhaps 
200 feet in front of me, all of a sudden I, I saw an aerial view of a, what looked like a seriously demolished city, a sprawling city that had just experienced some major warfare. Um, and it was sprawling. It could have been Chicago. It could have been New York City, but from an aerial view. And you could see how some of the skyscrapers were flattened. And as I, because I'm, I'm moving through space and this aerial view of this sprawling city um, that's being un, under attack is appearing um, before me. And then I see uh, a spaceship above the city, like in the atmosphere. And it looks like actually one of like NASA's um, crafts. It's like a, it's for like a single carrier. It's not a huge spaceship like you see in some of those sci-fi's. There could have been a single, it could have been a single manned um, craft, but it was definitely a spaceship. And it had louvers and stuff on the outside, like um, our 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 spacecraft that goes to the moon has. And uh, and now I'm still traveling, accelerating, and viewing the spacecraft, and I see that the spacecraft uh, is sending a light beam to the city. A light beam comes out from under the spacecraft and goes and targets the city where target is channeled. And at the same time that I'm experiencing or observing this, all of a sudden I hear two voices in the background, a young male and a young female, perhaps in their 20s. They sound casual. They, sound, they don't sound like newscasters or professional speakers. And they are observing the same scene that I am. And they're talking about it to each other. But again, I cannot see them. I only hear them. Distinctly, their voices. And when um, that spacecraft emitted a, a light beam to the city, uh, the female said, that's radiation. So I knew that the spacecraft was, was, uh, was attacking the city with radiation. And I felt sad about that because radiation is, you know, so toxic and dangerous to the environment, to human beings, and has such horrific side effects for uh, human beings when they are exposed to it. So I felt sad in that moment. And I could hear this male and female talking about this event that I was experience, was observing. But to be honest with you, I was so titillated by this spacecraft up up in space, attacking the single spacecraft, attacking this huge city, that uh, I was drawn more to that than to this uh, conversation I was hearing around me. And so the only word I, he I heard was radiation. That's radiation. And then um, I, was, I was still traveling, and I was doing this thing where I was getting closer and closer to that, spa that attacking spacecraft. And to be honest with you, I wasn't scared. I don't know why. I wasn't afraid of my life that I was going to get hit by the spacecraft or it was going to start attacking me. And then I see that the spacecraft again sends out another a light beam to the city. And I hear the woman um, say in the background, that's radiation. So this spacecraft sent out two radiation beams of radiation to attack the city. And now as I was precariously close to this spacecraft, only only maybe 10 feet away. But again, I wasn't in fear. 
And then all of a sudden, I feel myself, I do this thing where I loop around the spacecraft and I start to change direction, just as an airplane does um, when, when the airplane starts to tilt in midair uh, when you're on an airplane flight. It was just like that. I start making this turn, and now I start going behind the spacecraft and traveling um, to, the, like, to, to its left. And I go, up, I don't know how many feet I go because I'm, I'm in accelerated mode. I uh, travel a little bit, two or three seconds of real time, I would say, and I approach this fantastic area of light fantasia, extraordinary light phenomena. And when I approached this area, I knew immediately I was in some kind of portal, some kind of transitional area between the dimensions, because that's how it's presented to me in many uh, out-of-bodies. You might have seen movies where they show you wormholes and there's extraordinary lights. This is very similar to that. So I realized, and I'm hearing now, and I'm channeling now, that it was some kind of boundary marker between the dimensions. And so I am, uh, I am in deep space, uh, accelerated, flying through the air, and now I'm viewing these huge light structures. And this one was a huge uh, rectangular pillar. Uh, you could say it was 50 feet long, and and 25 feet uh, wide. That's how big it was. And it was the colors in this rectangular structure were yellow and blue, bright yellow and blue, and they they appeared to be in a mosaic pattern. So it was very striking, and I was very in awe and amazement of it. And then right above this amazing colorful pillar uh, that was lying on its side was this huge light structure. I want to say it reminded me of a jellyfish, but it could have been you know, 40 feet across and 30 feet high. It was in beautiful pinks, roses, and mauve colors. And it, it seemed almost to have an organic structure, like a jellyfish, that type of form, um, without the tendrils, just that part of that jellyfish. And so I was so amazed that I was seeing these beautiful light uh, structures um, and I and, and during the moment that I was experiencing and observing this I did try to become aware so I could chronicle it uh, later for my blog talk radio show here and then um, uh, so I, I encountered that that multi-dimensional boundary boundary marker as I telepathically heard as I was talking about it just now. Sometimes when I share my experiences, I get more information as I verbalize them. Then what, what happens is I'm eject, ejected into a dimensional reality. And that happens usually when I experience such fantastic light phenomena and I'm traveling through light phenomena. Then I'm. Uh, then the next step is that I I land or I am injected into some kind of city, country, whatever it is, next dimensional reality. And so I am actually now flying over an area. It looks like a gymnasium, a dimly lit gymnasium with brown, like brown wooded floors, like you would see from the 1950s, that kind of gymnasium. And I'm flying over this gymnasium, and I have an aerial view, so I look down, and I can see perhaps six hospital beds in one area of the gymnasium. And, um, and then 
right next to them is another row of maybe three hospital beds. And there appear to be people lying in these hospital beds. And there's people milling about this whole gymnasium area. And then what happens is the next thing that happens is uh, I become a participant in the scene. I go from viewing the scene eerily to actually being in the scene. And this is a very important point. This has happened to me quite a few times. Um, when you go from being an observer to actually becoming a participant. Next thing you know, you're engaged and you're in the scene. And so I, I'm in the scene and I realize uh, that my husband is in the hospital bed, uh, one hospital bed away from me. Um, and he's saying to a woman, who I telepathically heard was an attendant, that he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. Why does he have to go? And the woman, the attendant is bending over her, over him, and she takes him away somewhere. And now I am concerned, because that's my husband in the earthly plane, and I do this thing where I get up, and I realize I am in a hospital bed as well. And I stand up. And it's almost shown to me, I get a vision, an image of myself. And I'm wearing a long white hospital gown. Um, it goes past my knees, and I know it's open in the back and ties at the top behind my neck. And I realize that I am a patient there, as well as my husband was. But before I get up, let me just tell you what happens. As I'm hearing my husband talk to this attendant that he doesn't want to go with her, I'm overhearing that. I am. I realize I'm in a laying position in some kind of bed, and I realize my right hand is making some kind of odd, spontaneous movements and gestures. My right hand and my wrist. It's making some movements like this, and I do this thing where I try to control it and stop it, and I can't. And I realize that these are spontaneous gestures I'm making and that uh, I, perhaps I have some kind of neurological disorder, which is why I'm in this hospital. I cannot control my uh, parts of my physical anatomy. Um, and so uh, I am concerned now. I'm concerned about my husband and where he's going, where this, where this, where this attendant is taking him. So I stand up, and that's when I see myself wearing this hospital gown. And I do believe I saw myself, too, with long, dark hair that I have now. I seem to have a similar physical appearance that I do on the earthly plane. Sometimes I don't. I share this so that you know sometimes you may look physically different in another dimensional reality. But in this one, I look very similar. And so I, 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 walk, I walk around the area, around these few hospital beds, and I, there was another attendant there. And I, I start to say something to her, express my concern to her. And... Something happened to my voice. I felt uh, I felt that I couldn't express myself. That it's something was a f I had a physical ab uh, abnormality, um, and so I actually did this thing where I, I took my hand, my right hand, and I touched my throat to see if I had any incisions or surgical scars um, that perhaps I'd done a procedure at, on me in this hospital setting where they had affected my vocal cords and my ability to speak. But when I touched my throat, it was uh, clear skin, normal skin. 
And so I am, I am trying to find my husband in this gymnasium area. So I've taken a few steps walking around and I'm viewing the scene now. And I really see that there's, you know, one person in each hospital bed. And I get the feeling that this hospital isn't as sterile or, or clinical as it should be, that these people aren't really well taken care of, that the patients are not well taken care of, that they're not treated with respect. And then I see another female attendant. She's maybe 15 feet away, and she has like two or three babies with her. She's holding them. They're only a few months old. And I get very nervous. Well, what are the babies doing in this hospital setting that I don't feel comfortable with? They, these babies shouldn't be here. So right away, my maternal instinct comes up. And so I walk uh, maybe 15 feet away to a counter. I go to the area where I think my husband has gone. Um, and the female attendant is there. She seems to be doing something. Uh, and I notice on the side of the counter are, uh, is a big green plastic bag. It, and it's the color of forest green. And it's tied up, in the, tied up at the top like a garbage bag would be. It's all tied up at the top. And so what I do is I open it. And inside are all these other smaller green plastic bags. Um, there may be two two feet long, one, one feet long, and a few inches wide. There's different small plastic bags packaged inside this big plastic bag. And one of them has a label, a little white label attached to the top where it was tied. And I read the label, and it says 100% organic beef. And so I do this thing where I untie that small plastic bag and I open it up and I realize it's my uh, spouse's body parts that they had, and the word that comes in telepathically is harvested. They had harvested his skin and his body parts and now we're selling it and packaging it uh, for, for people to purchase and they were pretending that it was uh, beef when it was really uh, human, human flesh. So they were... You could say they were false advertising. They were being unethical. And when I realized that my, my husband, those were my husband's body parts, to be honest with you, uh, there must have been a level of protection for me. I wasn't traumatized. I wasn't uh, so upset that the whole dream just breaks up or the out-of-body breaks up like it has with some of my other traumatic experiences. I am still engaged and then the next thought that I, I have is I'm worried about the babies that are in this hospital room. I'm worried that they're, that they're going to be, uh, that their organs, and their, their flesh is going to be harvested. And I, I stand there and in, in a moment I have this thought, how can I help them? I need to help them. And that's when something extraordinary happened. I felt a, a soft, gentle force, um, come in through my lower legs and start moving up. And it was a beautiful, soft, gentle force. And, um, and I do trans, I am a trans channel, which means at times um, beings use my physical body to express themselves. And I've shared a video of a trans channeling with Aristotle, the famous philosopher and spirit on YouTube. Uh, you could refer, you refer to that, but uh, so this was similar to a trans channel where I can tell a being is very close and starts to transpose itself on me physically. But this was such a beautiful, soft, gentle energy. It felt so nice. And usually um, to date, trans channeling for me has been 
uh, more complex and arduous and has been a strain on my physical body. But this was not that way. And next thing you know, I believe what happened was some kind of entity entered me during the, uh, the Sada body and started to use my physical body. And I became a true medium, which means they were able to express themselves through me. I start uh, rising up and I'm flying over this gymnasium. And as I'm flying over this gymnasium, I'm maybe 20 feet up, 30 feet up. I start saying, rise, rise, transcend. You have the power. Uh, and I was almost going to say, take your weapons, but I didn't because I thought that was too violent. I don't want, I don't want to expose violence, espouse violence. And I said, rise, rise. And I couldn't see people's expressions below me in the gymnasium because I was too far away. And then I said, I, or I should say I channeled, your angels are with you. God is with you. I don't know why I said that. Again, it was channeled, so I really didn't have full control over over myself because it was a type of trans channeling. And then as I was flying, and I, I said that to inspire them, to get them to rise, because in this dimensional reality, those people in the gymnasium were actually being exploited and manipulated. And I'm looking back at this, I sense that they had lost the um, their own power that they were allowing themselves to be used and misused in this way and that I was I was sent to this dimension um, by my spirit um, to do to help create a rebellion and um, for them to come into their own power to change this dimensional reality um, to, to stop this exploitation um, and so I've shared in other out-of-bodies that sometimes you go to dimensional realities, other dimensional realities to do our charity work, to do our service. And so I would interpret this uh, sequence as that, that this was part of my contribution, uh, that I was there to uplift, inspire, and um, to try to get these, these uh, human beings in this dimension um, back uh, back into their own empowerment and then after I said this about after I, I was saying this and kind of projecting out into the gymnasium yelling it I went through uh, a wall the wall of the gymnasium and then next thing you know I was uh, I felt like I was uh, again falling very quickly but downward but it was in such a beautiful beautiful soft manner that I wasn't as nervous or suspicious as I was and the first um, elevator scene that I shared, it was done so with such warm warmness and uh, tenderness. And I had I sensed that my angels were with me. I sensed that they were flanking me. I did not see them, but I sensed them. In real life, I have channeled the angelic realm and the archangels, and I have shared their messages, their beautiful messages on uh, various topics: emotional healing, hope, faith, trust. Uh, communication and so I do have a relationship with the angelic realm on the earthly plane but during this out of body I really I would say for the first time in all of my out of body since 2009 which were many I really felt lucidly their presence and so now I am traveling downward very gently in such a gentle manner safe manner and um, 
I do this thing telepathically where I kind of communicate with my angels and ask them to present themselves. That this is a good time for them to show themselves to me in their full form. I've been uh, asking for that. Um, I, even though I feel and sense the angels, they haven't shown themselves to me full frontal in, um, in my meditations on the, um, you know, in the earthly plane or even in my dreams. Uh, I don't know whether it's because I'm not ready for it or they feel like it would be too much and overpowering, so they keep their distance. They show themselves more as blurry figures like 50 feet away and sometimes with the silhouette of their wings. And I know the silhouette of their wings represents a symbolic representation, but nevertheless. Um, and so I really sensed my angel's presence and thought they were they were there with me. Um, and uh, they were transporting me in such a safe, gentle way. And during this, um, this flight or this transition, I heard high security telepathically upon waking. And that means the angels were so close to me because it was heightened security and they were there to protect me. And then um, after I'm falling so gently, I get ejected into the next dimensional uh, escape. And I see a huge city loom, loom up in front of me, a city scene. And then I am going through two big doors. And now I'm an interior building and there's two women next to me and they're my escorts. Um, they're two females, and they appear to be in their 20s. They seem to be dressed in uh, Roman tunics. And, um, you know, I can sense their energy. They're very easygoing. And I realize I'm in some sort of museum. And there's many, like, paintings or images in frames on, on the walls. And one of the, one of the es female escorts says to me, and all I hear is ascended masters, and then I think what I heard was, this is, this is the great hall of ascended masters. So I, I was in an area, um, a museum, uh, with paintings and images all framed and hung on the uh, four walls. And it was all about the stories of ascended masters, their trials, their tribulations, their challenges, their triumphs. Just like a museum, there was no sculptures, just paintings. And so I start walking through the museum space. Um, and to be honest with you, I was not lucid enough to recall any of the images. I just didn't seem to have clarity. I wasn't able to keep the focus uh, on any image to even describe one image to you, even though these walls were lined with framed pictures. Um, and so I was, uh, we, we came to, we, we walked around the room and we came to the last side of the room. And my, my female escort says, can you see this now? She must have realized I was having trouble focusing and uh, seeing the images. I was, it was more like a blur, and I couldn't make out the detail. I knew there were paintings or images and frames. I knew it was, it was like a museum space, but I couldn't see the actual uh, images. So we stopped, and on the wall was a rectangular framed image, and it was about uh, maybe uh, – eight inches long and five inches high. And the only, I looked so closely at that small framed image and the only, uh, I saw two words. The one word was tarot and the other word one was medium. And to be honest with you, the only image I saw was an image that looked like the magician from the tarot card, the tarot card number one, the magician. And so I know this because I teach tarot um, and I have tarot certification classes. And so the only image I saw was of that frame painting with that 
um, the image from the magician from the tarot deck and the words tarot and medium. And then we walk, um, and then, uh, and then, you know, I, I felt my, my angels so close to me as I shared earlier. And I, I thought that maybe they would present themselves here in that museum space. And I thought I said a telepathic route to the angels, but somehow this escort, she must have known that I was trying to get my, asking my angels to present themselves visually to me and fully in this museum space. And she said something like, they're not going to do that or that's not going to happen. And then she said, she said, well, you're an angel. And this is the first time someone has ever said that in an out-of-body to me that I can recall lucidly. And to be honest with you, I've had uh, I received telepathically just a handful of times over the past two months in October, November of 2015 that I am an angel. And I do not really know how to interpret that. So I'm interpreting that as, that as another dimensional planes. Maybe I am an angel. Maybe that's one of my parallel lives. Maybe it's a concurrent life. Because um, obviously, how I am not an angel on the, on the earthly plane. Um, but maybe one of my many lives, I am an angel. Um, so I'm just keeping that uh, on the back burner or on my, shelf, on my shelf to consider for the future. But I am noting that um, I was told explicitly during the Sada body in the great hall of uh, ascended masters by my escort that I am an angel. And so uh, I am just noting that and I want to let you know that sometimes you may receive revelations during your out-of-body experiences of being a human being um, in that dimensional frequency might tell you something extraordinary that you hadn't realized about yourself or will validate something to you directly uh, that you already knew or had heard yourself or felt intuitively. And so that represented uh, to me a major milestone, you would say, where someone in a dimensional plane just came right out and said, I am an angel. And that's validated what I'd received telepathically. And again, I am um, gonna interpret that as uh, perhaps I act like an angel in, in, in some of these many, many lives that I possess. And so, we walked into the, uh, my escort, my two escorts and I walked into the next room and it was another museum space and aligned against all, each one of the walls were small caskets or hearses. They were only about two feet long and so they were not the size to hold a grown human being. They were like miniature and it reminded me very sim uh, similarly and eerily to a museum I went to in Italy, I believe in 2012 or 2013 where it was Egyptian room and they had, um, let's say, the tombs or encasements of some of the Egyptian pharaohs or something like that. But all these, um, these uh, hearses were all covered, the lids were on, and they just lined all against all four walls, um, you know, in a single line. And so I started to feel uncomfortable, and that's how I felt as well in real life when I saw that Egyptian tomb room in Italy and I start feeling and sensing things from these hearses or coffins and um, it's dark energy I'm sensing and I tell my two escorts I'm getting uncomfortable here let us leave please let us let, let us go 
And so they, um, after a second or two, we uh, left the room. So that was my, uh, th th that was my amazing series of out-of-body dreams that were consecutive and back-to-back, -back, okay? Um, so let me just review these um, experiences. First, I started off with uh, the, um, having that experience with the elevator room and accessing the uh, dimension uh, through the wrought iron gates. Then I went to experiencing that dimensional reality where there were working women bringing their children to work. Um, and then the third scene was I was in the battle scene in a cityscape and actually experiencing some sort of you know, warfare. And the fourth scene was when I was up in space and actually viewing a spacecraft attacking a city with radiation. And the fifth scene was experiencing the light portal, amazing light portals, and the yellow and blue rectangular pillar, and the amazing pink jellyfish-like jellyfish -like structure. And the sixth scene was um, being in that gymnasium hospital room setting and uh, learning that uh, that the that the human beings in that dimensional realm were harvesting um, human organs and selling it to the public. And uh, the seventh scene was when I experienced the ascended uh, ascended master hall and was in, it was in their museum. So I had seven consecutive amazing out of body experiences, and I share this with you because. You may have that as well. They may be back to back. And I also want to emphasize that in this, um, in these out of bodies, I uh, viewed a new technology, including that spacecraft sending radiation to that um, sprawling city. And I also was engaged in um, and at the hands of an assault weapon that was very unique. And so these are the type of points I like to reiterate so that you know that you may um, have uh, these type of experiences yourself. Um, I hope this has been helpful to you. And uh, I, I would advise you to comment. And I would love to hear any of your experiences during your altered state of consciousness, your multidimensional experiences, how you, what you have learned, what your takeaways are so that we can all learn from each other. I think that's very important. And sharing my experiences, I hope it makes it easier for you and that you're not, you're not as in fear so that if you become lucid during these out of bodies, um, you will actually hopefully retain some of my knowledge and be able to make, um, make shrewd, uh, uh, and take shrewd action items and not be uh, in fear. The, the most lower vibrational energy is fear. It's very debilitating and it's very uh, constraining. And so if you could rise above your fear and keep your emotional mastery, um, that is part of all of our uh, evolutions and our spiritual growth. Okay, till the next time, I wish you all well in all your endeavors. And again, please feel free to comment and share. I would lo love to read about your own adventures. Namaste. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.